0: Welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 49. This week my guest is Henry Roy and we'll be talking about his own writing and the PR company that he runs for authors and a few other things besides at my desk this week. Well, at my desk this week. In theory, I was going to have a lot of at my desk this week because um my husband went away on a fishing trip. I think I probably spoke about this on the back of the other podcast um last week. So my husband went away on a fishing trip for, to Ireland and he was going to be gone, you know, a good week and a bit more. So, you know, happy day. So I've got quite a few things planned mainly um making a really good start on book two of The Midwich, which is my work in progress. And uh, yes, I did get some writing done and I got a bit of um, artwork done as well for the chapter heading drawings that I want to put into Midwich 1. So all well and good. But a few things happened along the way that kind of kept me from my desk. Namely, my dog was ill. So she started off. So Evie the Whippet, you've probably heard of Evie the Whippet. Evie the Whippet um, had a bit of a cough on one of the days. And I thought, oh, dear, I hope she's not getting kennel cough. And then the following day, I thought, actually, this cough's not very good. And she it sounds like she's got something stuck in her throat. So I had a little look down her throat. I mean, thankfully, she's a really tame dog, and I can have a look down there. <laughs> and I couldn't sort of see anything. Anyway, then I thought, mm, I don't know, I'm going to take you to the vets. So I, I took her to the I took her to the vets because she had like a bit of a lump come up underneath her chin. Well, sort of on her snooch at the back by her throat. So I took her to the vets and the vets thought, thought, oh, that doesn't look very good. But we had a look. It didn't seem too bad. However, by the evening, so that was kind of late morning, by the evening, this whole thing had come up with like a huge apple underneath. So I had to take her in as an emergency and she had to have um, surgery to check we thought there was something stuck in her throat we couldn't the vet couldn't find anything put her under anesthetic couldn't find anything um, but managed to um, drain this lump which is kind of filled up with fluid and put her on some antibiotics and painkillers and all the rest of it anyway so I've had a dog who hasn't been very well all week so she's been a bit grotty on these antibiotics and not quite her normal whippity self and uh, and I've been back to the doctors every day because obviously because it's in her throat we're all a bit worried Anyway, the long and the short of it is she seems to be on the men now. I've got to take her again at the end of the week. And hopefully, um, you know, things will be, you know, looking. She seems much improved today, actually, a bit more her old self. And I kind of feel that like this lump that's still there, although it's only like the size of a walnut, has kind of gone down. Anyway, so my thing is, did I get as much done as I wanted to? Well, no, I didn't. But then having said that, I did get quite a lot done despite everything which is pretty good because when there's nobody in the house you don't have to think oh well I've got the tea to cook or you know I really need to go and keep this other person company and sit and watch telly with them or anything like that so kind of in between I kind of got on with what I needed to do and also once once Evie was kind of out of the woods I could concentrate because um I wasn't you know my mind wasn't occupied with over worrying about my dog baby so yeah and I think sometimes with writing I think that's just what you've got to do. I think you have to just simply, you know, relax and do what you can and get as much done as you can. But at the end of the day, life does get in the way and and it does with any creativity. You have to, you know, get on with whatever else is happening you know, we're still sort of fiddling around with selling my mother's old flat. That kind of goes on and on. That's kind of rumbling away in the background. It's quite stressful getting hold of solicitors and all these things. And, you know, so that's pretty horrible as well. So that's kind of taken up a lot of my time as well on this week. I've been sort of sending off emails to all and sundry, which I really feel is the solicitor's job, but they don't seem to be doing anything particularly. But, you know, what's it to them? They still get paid, you know, no matter how long it takes. I think that's the trouble, really. So there's that kind of aggravation. But, you know, despite these two things, I did get some writing done. And actually, I think between the two of us, I think I got more done than my husband caught fish. <laughs> so anyway, he had a nice trip and he's back home safe and the dog's on the mend. And, you know, the house sailed. It looks like it's still, you know, going to happen. So, you know, we live in hope. Yeah, so it, it no, it's, a, it's a funny life, the writing life. It is, it is what it is. And, you know, I think it's no good beating yourself up about it. I think the problem with it is I, I kind of thought I was going to get so much done. And I'd written like this big list about new website pages I wanted to make. I wanted to do a Facebook group, group, set up a Facebook group for people who'd, you know, come on the podcast. So they'd got somewhere to go if they wanted to talk to other authors. You know, all these kinds of things are so many things. Um, and really, all I did was, you know, I managed to get a bit of writing done. And I drew a few pictures and, you know, there you are. But that's life. So, you know happy days. I'll probably get more done this week when I've, you know, still got loads and loads to do anyway. Anyway, come and meet Henry Roy. He was a really interesting fellow. I I think you'll really enjoy um, hearing what he's got to say for himself. This week on the Words and Pictures podcast, my guest is Henry Roy. He's a writer, but he's also a, a book promoter for other authors. So I think he's got a lot to tell us really. Now, I don't really know where to start, Henry. Do you want to talk about your author self? Do you want to talk about being a publicist? Which path do you want to go down?
1: Uh, well, maybe I can tell you how I got into PR business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let, let's...
1: Uh, yeah, I have uh, I think ten books published now. I'm starting to lose count. Um, I started uh, to ca- I did range. start. To,
0: I did start to count them. But <laughs> I thought he's got a lot of books. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't write too much these days, but I used to write a lot. And so uh, I did a short story collection in 2007. And I showed a lot of friends and they loved it. And so that, that encouraged me to keep going and take it seriously. I started studying books on how to write. And then I wrote some novels. And so uh, it took a while to get those polished and, and ready to publish and get, get the attention of publishers. And so, um, uh, once I did, I was with New Polk Press briefly, and then uh, had a couple uh, with uh, Close to the Bone, and then now Next Chapter. And so Next Chapter is is a really good, really good publisher. They they put it out there in all formats. Uh, and so what I discovered was I'm I'm probably not going to make it as a writer. While a lot of people like my books and, and I enjoy the writing, I just I don't have time to to stick with it until I can make it into the big leagues. And so what I found that I enjoy even more is doing PR for writers and, and publishers. I love it. It's like a giant video game. I got, I have all these accounts that I'm logged into and I got this really complex routine and it's like, um, it's very rewarding. And it's like, okay, if I get a reviewer interested in a book, it's like, I score ding, ding, ding. If I get uh, a book review posted or if I arrange an interview or I get a media outlet interested in one of the authors I'm representing. It's a big score for me. So it's very rewarding. Um, and so that's, I started out with Crimeway Press in 2015. I was an intern there. And so they put me to work on their accounts and, um, and communicating with their authors. And so, you know, mainly just getting book reviews, arranging interviews, helping the authors with their social media, creating content, that sort of thing. And I loved it. And so other people was taking note, and they were saying, hey, we need you to do this for us. And so I ended up working for five publishers at one point. And uh, it's a few publishers now and mostly indie authors of that. I get up every morning and I'm ex- actually excited to check emails and see what's there because it's yeah. like, you know, it's I feel like a of, I'm addicted to it's my video game. I get up every morning and check this. You know. well, I
0: think I think the authors are lucky to have you. Um- Henry, because I think a lot of us actually hate that side of it. I I, I really like writing and, and I'm buzzed if I get a few sales. Uh, but, but obviously I like to do the podcast because I'm just getting to talk to other bookie people and that's brilliant. Um, but I I find the whole media thing quite tricky. Not well, not tricky. I get on with it, but I'm you know, it, I find it uh I'd rather be at my desk writing. There's no doubt about it. I, I, the two things I'd rather be sat here making up stuff and writing it down rather than promoting what I've already done. And I think a lot of us are like that. So if you've got somebody like you who's on the other side, who's, who's buzzed to get up in the morning and do the bit we don't want to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. What, what do you think, Henry, is the, is the thing that authors can do for themselves that you think if only they'd all do a little bit of this? What advice would you give? Well, so
1: just like an author makes an outline of a story, you know, some authors, they'll sit down like they, they only know what you're going to write. And they just start writing and it comes out and they, they create this really fantastic piece of art. But a lot of authors are more meticulous. They do an outline. And I think that an outline is the way to go to uh, self-promotion PR as well. And so uh, I can be very methodical about the PR, what could I do? If an author comes to me with a romance book or, or a normal book or whatever it is, I need to find the right place, the right audience to show this to, the right media outlets to show this book to and try to get them interested in featuring it. And so that's uh, that's actually what I like about this. It. It's a challenge, you know, because you have to find the right place for this book, the right place for this author that's going to benefit them. And um, I think authors, they need to make an outline. You need, they need to make a step by step. Yeah, process. I need to make
0: a plan.
1: And yeah, it, 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 it can be overwhelming to think that okay, I got to get, I got to contact two hundred bloggers today, five hundred media outlets in in the week, and then I have to arrange interviews. I got to you know get followers. I got to engage and create content. All this stuff. Well, you don't have to do all that today. You could do it one step at a time. Make an outline. What's the most important thing you need to do? And it's just. You know the old school way to prioritize, but actually get out your pen and paper, make an outline, and say, "I'm oh, going to do this today." And you're know, mm. trying to do. So um, that helps me. That helps uh most of the authors that I give advice to. They just don't know where to start, and it's identifying what's most important for at that particular time what they're trying to do with their book.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right, and I think a lot of us just go go into this willy. I, I don't think I'm quite so bad now, but I definitely would just throw a few things on social media, hope for the best, you know, see what sticks and see what's about. But I'm kind of you kind of we kind of we are very half-hearted about it. It's almost and I think possibly um possibly because I'm British and I'm a little bit a bit sort of stand backish, you know. Uh, i I think like it's quite hard to kind of get out and shake your Shake the thing and say, This is me, I'm doing this, and you're going to love it. You know, we're a bit like, Oh, would you like to read my book? And we're, we're too self effacing, I think, not just British authors, but <laughs> particularly British authors. But
1: it can be time consuming. You, you got to It's learn terribly time classes.
0: consuming. Yeah.
1: There's, you know, TikTok has an algorithm that you have to post consistently. There are certain things you got to do to really get outreach and get views. Uh, youtube's different can be even harder to get views there um you know so you got to learn how to use these different platforms and people are like man a lot of writers they have no interest in going to learn this stuff no, <laughs> or
0: no, they have this, no time this is the, so the truth what, what, yeah, which, they're which not authors all which authors do you think um sorry um henry there's a slight time lapse in the in the I think it's because we're so far away from each other here, that uh, well, we'll work with it. Um, Henry, do you find um, some authors of different? Do you find some authors of particular genres are better at promoting themselves than others? I've often found that if I'm if I'm pitching for podcasts, or if I'm generally sort of looking around on social media, I often find that thriller authors and romance authors are pretty good at coming forward and you know promoting their work, especially if they're male. Um, but n- not so much authors of other genres like, um, historical fantasy or, uh, children's authors, uh, particularly and, uh, actually writers of erotica. I've not had one writer of erotica on the podcast and I've pitched them and they do not want to come out. <laughs> Perhaps they're doing more fun stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, uh, as far as that goes, it just depends. Like, um, I represent uh, Lee Matthew Goldberg. He's He's been with us for years, a bunch of books, really great thrillers. And they go from like classic noir to young adult thriller. And he's just, he just has this, this great personality. His writing is really good. He has a good platform. He's consistent with posting content. Uh, he does uh, book events. He goes out to his community in New York and he goes to bars, does readings. And so he's just he stays on it. He keeps writing more books, writing more books, and he's he's he keeps leveling up. And so that's what that just that works for him. If somebody else that's just not him, they're doing they got thrillers, same genres, and then the books are just as good. They may not make it. They may not get any sales because they don't have his his personality. They just they don't have that uh, the, the ability to market themselves to people like he does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as John, I think we've had books that recently were romantic suspense, and we don't promote a lot of romance. We are more and more recently promoting romance, but we've had some that were they were hit. I mean, we did a TikTok tour, and then people were posting like crazy, and uh, or uh, some children's authors that we represent. They they people on Instagram go crazy for children's books, and some of the tours we do are just huge successes. And some of them are, they don't, you know, people are, they review it, but then they don't like it or they just don't post. And it's because the author is not, they're not, they don't have a good presence online. They don't, they're not engaging these, these reviewers. They're not, you know, trying to interact. And that, that makes all the difference. So we try to encourage authors to interact. Just if, if It's just the least you can do, the bare minimum, going mm-hmm. and, and sharing and thanking before we in the
0: book, and yeah, because um, yeah, sometimes people don't meet you halfway. Because I find this with the podcast, I'll get out there on the Monday and I'll I'll tell everybody what the new guest is on that week and this that and the other. And and most authors will take that and they'll retweet it or you know re repost it on other social platforms and they'll meet you halfway and uh, or even better, they'll actually take and I send them all the graphics and the bits and pieces if they want to use it and the the links for the show and things. And some some will promote it as it's coming up and they'll carry on promoting it after it's done, understanding that a podcast is quite an evergreen thing. You know, it's not just that week's episode. People new, new listeners come in, they listen to the podcast, and then they'll go back to other episodes and think, oh well, I like historical romance or I like, you know, I want to hear about a children's author speaking or whatever it is. And they'll go back and they'll see what other episodes are there. And they'll and, and you'll see, you know, as as the pro as the podcast goes on, I'm just coming up to my first year now. Uh, it has, you know, it grows, not just the episodes that are new, but all the back ones carry on getting more views, getting more listens. And, uh, and that's what people, you know, as I explained to people, that's, you know, it's not just about that moment, it's about, you know, carrying on, you know, being supportive of other people on the podcast, yeah. because, you know, if we all help each other out, it all kind of gels together. And that's, that's kind of what it's all about. I think it's, it's about you know, um, promoting yourself and promoting everybody else as well along the way. You know, it's it's just it's just generally being being helpful. I think that's what makes it go around. Yeah, definitely. But like you say, yeah. some people will do it, and they'll or they'll. Some people just don't, and they think, oh, well, that's happened, and they just leave it. But but actually, if they just gave a bit more, you they'd get so much more back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, you well
1: know, some authors are like. I don't want to post about my book. I don't want to post about my writing. I don't that's, I really don't know how to do that. Okay, so what do you know how to post about? Are you a gardener? Mm-hmm. You know, take all those videos and talk about your garden. That's that's you know, some people have a huge passion for this. And and those kind of posts, that kind of content, content gets viewed, especially if you're consistent with it. Uh do you are you do you go fishing, post fishing videos? Uh, I had some success posting on, on TikTok with boxing videos, boxing yeah. training. And then and I would post my books as well. I got uh, 11,000 followers in one month and just multiple viral videos of the boxing. And then so I'm drawing all this traffic in and I'm like, well, they see people would say, well, hey, this guy writes books too. And I got a bunch of book sales. Yeah. So I'm directly pushing my books on this, on this scalp. But people were, were there coming, so many people come to see my other content, they notice I had books. So that's a good strategy as
0: well. I think it's about just being yourself, Henry, isn't it? Really? Just just being yourself. Because I, I see that you're, you know, you're, you know, I haven't read your bio and things before you came on, uh, that that, you know, you're into fitness and you're you're, you know, the boxing and all that kind of thing. And it's it's fascinating to people what everybody does, isn't it? And I think if you can just be genuine about it and and it draws people in. Yeah. Are there a lot of um boxes in your stories?
1: There are. There are yeah. some of my my <laughs> early novels. I got. I was writing these uh, action thrillers with a lot of tech and boxing characters years ago, and so I have four novels with with boxing characters. Um, and then later on, I got into noir. I got with close to the bone, and they got me writing dark stories and horror. Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: so really bad things happening to good people. It was terrible. Yeah,
0: but, uh, well, that's I, all right. I write grim I write grim dark fantasy. So. Don't, don't take it by my face that I'm writing some romancy thing because I'm really not. <laughs> A lot of people start my stuff and can't carry on with it. So, you know, jump in. It's fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the noir was, was actually my best writing at that point, but my best characters were the boxing characters, the heroic anti heroes. Mm. And so, yeah, were, you know, they were criminals, but they were helping people. They were doing good things. They were committing crimes to do good what I come down to do. And so um, they were really great characters. And at the time, they were relatable. He had all these super popular anti-hero shows on. And so uh, people were interested.
0: Mm. Everybody loves a good bad guy, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, a good bad guy can build with the future.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, absolutely. I'm I'm there. Uh, And what about your work in progress? You say you're not writing so much now, but you're still essentially a writer. I'm kind of getting that vibe. Um Henry what do you think what's what's your work in progress what's what's what, what are you writing now
1: So I I do I do still write mostly editing I help other people but I do um I play around with kids lit these days uh, i recently published uh, two picture books nice. Room Angel and Princess Fluffy Pumpkin Eats Pink so it was a picture book for boys and then another one next year for girls and yeah. I want to do more because people love those.
0: Yeah. I like, I like that there's that really big dark, because I also write for children, as you probably know. And, and I've got, you know, like lovely stories for children and then the dark stuff that I write for adults. And it's really interesting that you've got those two sides to your character. Are you going to put it out on, on, do you keep it all under your same name, Henry? Or do you, do you write under a different name as a, as a children's writer?
1: Wow, um, I wrote, okay. The picture books are published as Chris Willie. Okay. My thrillers with Next Chapter or Henry Run. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Do, do you keep it all on the same uh, website, or are you are you doing it completely separately? Well, I keep mine all separate.
1: Yeah, I have uh, the kids' books are separate. I want to keep that stuff separate from the adult books. Yeah, the I do have a short story collection. Actually, I forgot about this. I published a short story collection recently, Heroics and Brolies. and This is with Next Chapter as Chris Rowling. Yeah. And it's uh it's some of my best writing. The short stories seem to be what people like as far as my writing. And it's a mix. It's noir and thrillers, um, psychopathic killers and um and antiheroes again, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I've noticed on your um your your published your your Henry Roy's PR site, uh that you, you've got different Different little blocks that you can go into depending on what genre you write in, which I think is such a sensible idea. So, you tell me a little bit about those because you've got, um, I can't remember, I haven't got the other computer on. But you've got like little blocks where you can look at for children, or you can look at if you if were writing thrillers, you could go into that block. And, and I think that's quite good because you obviously have a really good idea of what uh, audience that you need to um, get those writers involved with.
1: Well, we do PR pretty much any genre. Other we don't do a lot of poetry or erotica. We just we, we just don't. And mainly what we do is, is virtual book tours. So what you're seeing yeah. on the website at the top is the book tour banners that's and black tie book tour. that's uh, for dark fiction, noir, thrillers, uh, crime and mystery, horror. And it was originally Blackthorn book tours. So Isabel Blackthorn and I started that years ago. And then we did it for a few years and we come to a stopping point. Um, her career took a different path, my work went another way, and so we just couldn't we couldn't do it anymore. And uh so I changed the name, relaunched it, and we still have the same, uh, a lot of the same reviewers. We were we're having repeat clients there, so uh, that's been a big success, it's continuing a huge success as it was as Blackboard. And then we have Black Phoenix Book Tours, started about a year ago. And this is for science fiction, fantasy, spec and dystopian. And uh, we do mostly adult novels, but we do YA too. So if it's like, you know, dark fantasy for young adults, we do it there. Uh, And then we have Black Coffee Book Tours for general fiction, historical fiction. Mostly what we do is historical fiction. And we also do some nonfiction every now and then. And then we have Blackberry Book Tours. This is for mm. kids. Picture book, grade junior fiction, some really liked YA. And uh it's the cutest website. Yeah. So we, we actually put that on a different website to keep it yeah. separate
0: from mm. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. We have
1: kids and kids uh they, they run their own Instagram accounts, they they post reviews and stuff and so uh and they're doing with their parents, you know. So we want to keep all that stuff separate. But, yeah, so that's that's our book services
0: Yeah, it's cool. It's a, it's a good idea. And I think children's books are quite hard to market, actually, because I think sometimes you're, you're kind of on social media, but you're kind of very aware, especially if it's for the younger age range, you know, like picture books and things like that. It's very hard to get those books in front of, um you know, parents, you know, that you feel that are parents that would, might want to buy that book. Yeah, very, very tricky. How about your – because this is the words in pictures. I always ask people about their book covers and things. So if you publish those um picture books. Did you do the illustrations yourself? Did you get an artist in to do it?
1: Uh, so Ronan Cleans the Room Like a Ninja was illustrated by Lucas Ramal. He's a Brazilian guy. Pretty good artist. Princess Fluffy Plumpkin was illustrated by Nidia I have, to,
0: I have to laugh, Henry, because you just don't look like you're going to say Princess Fluffy Pumpkin. <laughs> just doesn't look like that's going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. I look ridiculous, even. Though, man, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
0: brilliant. It looks like we, we need to swap. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So. And and did you have a did you have a clear idea when you asked or just get back on get back on the message here? Did you have a clear idea what it was that you wished the artist to draw for you? Did you have the pictures in your head? Because I think sometimes because I do my own artwork. So I've I i do not have yeah. to do that. I don't have to do that thing. But you know, is is it hard to ask somebody what you think you see in your head?
1: I drew a sketch. I did a sketch of what I thought a, a fluffy pumpkin would look like. And I showed it to the artist and, and she's like, Yeah, I get so she read the story, she got a picture in her head too. I was real, I, said, I really don't want to interfere with what you have, but I'll show you my sketch. And, and she came up with something really, really fantastic. It was, you know, it was way better than what I drew. <laughs> but I yeah. do my own art a lot of times. Yeah, I,
0: do, I like to
1: paint with markers.
0: Yeah. Perhaps that might be the the next kind of graphic. Perhaps you've got a graphic novel in you. Um, <laughs> Henry, that'll be the next thing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think it's good. So and your your book covers because you look like you've got some series out there, Razor and all those. They all kind of look together. Um, did you did you do those? Did you did you get somebody to do them for you? Well,
1: I did the original Razor cover. I did hand draw it. It was a wolf. I drew with a big pen. It looked like a, a oil painting. It had a glossy sheen on it. It took forever. And then it was a, um, a straight razor open in front of the the wolf, and it said "Sharp was a razor." It was the original title. I was going to self publish it. And so, by the time I got the next chapter, they were—they uh, wanted to do their own covers. They had their own cover artist, and I had worked with Hans Kemp, who's a photographer. He was the co-publisher, co-founder of Primally, uh Primally Press, and he helped me with some images for my books. And I didn't—I never—I never used them, but I showed them to Next Chapter. These would really, really be good, and they were. Tattoos, real pictures of tattoos, mm. of the these Asian style, like the Japanese style dragon.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. They have that look about them, actually. Those covers, yeah, nice yeah.
1: And, and so it, it really it goes well with the story because there's uh, there's warring factions of Vietnamese mafia in there, the Tiger Society and the Dragon Family, and so there's there's Asian characters in there, yeah, good and bad guys. Yeah. yeah. So it went well.
0: Yeah, well, I think I like I, I like it. I like that wolf on the cover, and I, I like the the kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for the 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 decorativeness of it. But it's also got a little bit of sinister undertone. It's nice, yes, it is. Yeah, and actually, now you said it's it was inspired by a tattoo. I can I can really see that. Yeah, although I hadn't thought of it myself, made the connection. Yeah, interesting, very interesting. I love I love talking to you people because it's it's always something that you come across. And it's amazing what you get your um. You know where you find inspiration for for whatever it might be—a story or an image. You know that you need that. You know, and the and I think some of these some of the tattoo artwork that you see, you know, on people or you know on television or whatever, uh, the the drawing ability is is absolutely incredible. Really, yeah, yeah, fascinating. So I see a lot
1: of tattoos. I actually I do not have any tattoos, but I was a tattoo artist for many years, and I got I got really good. I actually have. Some stuff published in tattoo magazine. I tattoo in France. Yeah, you know, well, so that, that's uh,
0: amazing. So you were a tattoo artist, but you haven't got any tattoos.
1: Tattooist, tattooist. <laughs> so yeah, it was interesting. So they covered a story about me. Uh, journalist Tom Bader had had wrote a piece, and uh, another uh, journalist Laura Siegel, she she had translated. She's French. And so the article is actually in French. Rise tattoo is a big, it's a big deal in the plants. The, it's not in France. The tattoo magazines are are different. They're, it's mainstream art. It's not like very niche. You rarely see it over here in the US. It's a big deal over there. So I was very proud of that. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's, that's extraordinary. Yeah. Clever. Amazing story. Um, and when you're learning to be a tattoo artist, what do, what do you, do you practice on pigskin or something to start with? Would you just get a mate?
1: (laughs) So it was. I've been drawing since I was real young, seven, eight years old. I I realized I could look at something and copy it almost exactly. And and my brother thought I was tracing it. (laughs) I'm not. We had arguments about that. Look, I'll show you. And so I I could look at like I had a book of uh, raptors, these birds, eagles, Mm -hmm. and ospreys, and. sort of thing. And I I had a composition book that I was drawing. I'd look at it and draw it. I spent hours and hours doing this. And and throughout school, I would do these school projects. And if there was any kind of artwork involved, then that's the part I would do. If I would partner up with somebody in class, they would do one part, and I would do the art part. And I was in art class in junior high, and and then I kind of just got away from it for a while. I I remember doing some art projects for my sister. (laughs) and got her some A's when I was around 18 or so, I started drawing a lot, a lot, a lot. And then um, trying different things with colors and pens and, and paints and stuff. And then one day I got around a tattoo artist, I think around 2003. And I was watching him tattoo somebody. The very first time I saw that, I was like, man, I could do that and make it look exactly like that. And he was like, well, come on. The guys have prints for years before they can get to this level. And so I was always good with my hand. I was a mechanic growing mm-hmm. up. I worked at a junkyard and I worked at a transmission shop. And so I could build things. I could fabricate things. So I could, I made my own tattoo machine and started tattooing people. And they were lining up. You know, they were like, "Hey, yeah, I see you're a good artist. And I want you to tattoo me." And and I was doing a lot of free tattoos until I got good, and I started charging people.
0: Yeah, that's a fascinating story. Now you see, there's a story right there um henry isn't there really i think that that's just got to come out in a book somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe so
1: if, if i do get into writing something else it may be in some kind of memoir because there's yeah crazy lines of action yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah well it is, it's fasc- fascinating fascinating stuff yeah amazing uh so yeah, good. It's good to have, um, you know, that you've got such creativity. You know, you've got the art and you know the tattooy thing and the, you know, and obviously the fitness. You've obviously got a lot of things going on. Would you, you're pretty much a multitasker, aren't you? You've got a lot. Always got. Have you always got a lot of things happening at once? You do you like that. Do you like to have many, many things? I do. I do. To,
1: it doesn't go right unless I'm overwhelmed with things and. <laughs> a lot of times, yeah, I got this this philosophy I follow. It's like you know, rise to the occasion. You know, you, you know, you feel yeah. like I can't do it, or just commit to it, and then you got to rise to the occasion. Well, a lot of times, most times, I find that I can do it. And, yeah, so uh, well, I, I succeed in a lot of things I do because of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's good that you can that you can do that. I think I'm a little a little bit the other way, really. i um, I'm all right with a certain amount of stuff but I get a bit overwhelmed I'm a bit one thing at a time you know which is why I find marketing quite tricky because I, I'm either writing and I'm concentrating on that or I'm doing the marketing and I'm concentrating on that I try and sort of try and split my my month up so that I can focus on different things at different different times because I find I'm not good at splitting my mind out from, from different things I'm either doing artwork or doing the writing I'm doing the marketing, but I can't do several things in one day because that's just not happening. (laughs) And even the podcast, like you're just a one-off this week because it's just how it happens. But next week I've got, not next week, week after I think, I've got like a whole week of podcasts. I'll just do interview after interview after interview and I'll be uh, editing them, writing the show notes, loading them up, doing things. I'll literally just focus on that thing, you know, And, uh, and that's kind of how I work. But I can't do, I'm not a juggler. You know, with lots of things in the air, not so much, not not in the same day. Yeah,
1: I don't look forward to promoting my own books, so I really don't. And but I love promoting other people's books, if that makes sense. It's like I like seeing what I can do for somebody else's work, helping them to to make some progress. You know, and and just make some create really good content, and get followers, and and get some book sales. I like to see what I can do for other people. But my own yeah. books, I'm like, I just feel like, yeah, it. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's strange when I, when I say it out loud, like, yeah, that, but that's how it is, so.
0: yeah. It's 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 interesting, that's that's for sure, yeah. And I think, well, perhaps it's part of the human condition, it's, it's easier to get behind somebody else than it is to have faith in your own thing, I think, yeah, definitely. What would you say is the is your favorite social media platform? What do you think is is helps either yourself as a writer, as an artist, or other authors. What do you What's your favorite? or Do you not particularly have one?
1: I think the most successful platform for what we do right now is is Instagram. As far as
0: really, yeah, uh,
1: the, the responses we get from book reviewers. Willing to review books, and the ease with with the platform makes it so that you can find them. You can find book reviewers quickly and and invite them and get to know them. And it's not like uh, Twitter; you got to scroll through just all kind of stuff to find the right people. To there's no filters; you can't filter and find the, the right people to to message or follow or you know on Instagram. You can It makes it so much easier to find the right people. Uh, and as far as That's for book reviews, but as far as posting content and getting views as TikTok, there's just because there's no restrictions, there's less restrictions on it. You know, Facebook Mm. has all these crazy; they want you to pay for them to show it to anybody. Um, And TikTok, not like that. You can just you can post something and get a thousand views quickly, or ten thousand. You know.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I I like TikTok. I I play a brand on that, but I can't get on with. I can't get on with Instagram. I don't know why. I need some help with it. I think <laughs> I, I never seem to quite. I don't feel comfortable in there. I don't know what it is. I think I, I, I came in with because obviously I'm a lot older than you, Henry. So I came in with Twitter. That was the thing, and uh, and then it's kind of gone out. I never really got on with Facebook, but uh, I do like the TikTok, which I I don't know why I particularly like that. But I think there's a lot of funny stuff on TikTok, which uh, and you can put up funny funny. Irrelevant things just for a bit of fun, and you'll still get a bit of traction. And I quite, I quite like that side of it. It's not so serious, you know.
1: That's that's my opinion on that. If you're looking to, if you're looking to get book reviewers, then uh, Twitter's great. There's and but but Instagram's just faster. You can yeah. find book reviewers faster. It takes less time. Uh, but as far as um, you know, Twitter's still a great place for authors to post their work, keep tweets circulating and interact of course so you know people people are actually going look at what you're doing
0: yeah
1: I mean, yeah a lot of cultures still have success with Twitter and selling books
0: yeah yeah I still quite like Twitter would you say it's worth getting the blue tick because you have to pay for that now don't you the blue tick on Twitter do you do you have do you have a blue tick I can't remember
1: I do not so things no. things have changed as as far as that goes uh, the, the only benefit I've seen with uh, subscribing is the edit button, and we don't. I've been doing tweets for so long that I don't have to edit them. Um, there's, you know, there's there's other benefits as well. It's it you know your tweets get shown to a wider audience or that kind of thing. Uh, it just uh, some of the accounts that I manage actually have uh, the blue check, and I haven't seen yeah. any difference as far as like no impressions and all that. Yeah. Compared to the other accounts that don't have it, I really haven't seen any difference. and I look at that. A lot. I check the tweets every day for uh, the impressions, the clicks, and all that, and I haven't really seen a big difference, so I would no. not recommend it.
0: No, no, I haven't bothered, I must say because I think these things are just like you know, I think they always try to make you pay. anyway, Henry, we are nearly out of time. Where can people find you, Henry Roy, online
1: at henry roy p r
0: Henry Roy that pr.
1: Yeah. You can search that on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, everywhere.
0: Brilliant. Henry Henry Roy PR. And I'll obviously, I'll put that in the show notes for everybody to find you and um, all the other bits and pieces that we've talked about. Um, so, Henry, it's been great to have you. Thank you for coming on the Words of Pictures podcast and telling us all about your writing life. <laughs> it's great been time. great. It's to talk to Henry Roy about all his creativity. And uh, a podcast first, I think, a tattoo artist on the show. Brilliant. And it's amazing what stories people have got to tell about their lives as well as just about writing and, you know, what they do. And interesting that, you know, a bit like us, he was also, you know, more interested in helping other people promote their work than actually promoting his own. But anyway, you can find links in the show notes to Henry Roy's work, his writing and his PR company. And uh, if you didn't get the show notes because you've um, downloaded the... Uh, Words and Pictures podcast off an app, then, you know, you can jump over to my website where you'll find the full show notes, or you can go onto Podbean, which is the podcast hosting site. And I think there's a little uh, page, well, I don't think, I know, there's a little page there for the Words and Pictures podcast. And if you want to read, come and make comments on there, tell us what you thought, you know, it's all great to hear what you said. Um, So my website is djbowmansmith.com, and you can also find me as Tiger Molly as a children's author. So happy days. So next week, my guest is the very lovely Chris Curran, and she writes psychological thrillers. And uh, yeah, and she's a traditionally published author. So it'll be interesting to talk to her about a whole different take on the writing business. OK, so that's it from me. I hope you have a good week. I hope you have a creative week. I hope you get more done than me. <laughs> OK, until next time, this has been the Words and Pictures podcast. And I'm DJ Bowman Smith. Bye bye.